Hey, everybody. Sorry to ruin your day, but Robert and I are back to talk about Aston Villa on the whole cast for 7,500 to hold. I'm Jack Grimsey. How's it going, Robert? It's going well. The question is, are we ruining their day because it's us, or are we ruining their day because it's Aston Villa? Uh, I mean, hopefully just because it's Villa, but, you know. We, we could start podcasting about other stuff if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I mean, I need to learn learn how to cook to get on your level. Okay, we can do a cooking podcast. We could do music. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would also have to uh, buffle my knowledge to get to where you are in music. Ah. <laughs> eh, whatever. Pop music, we can do this. We'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe Sherwood's uh, the fat lady starting to sing about him. We're going to talk about that <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, let's, let's start with the Liverpool disaster, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the greatest segue you've ever done. Bravo, sir. That, that's not going to be topped. <laughs> I, I'd say we call it a day, and that's all we have on the whole cast. <laughs> My God. Um, so, yeah, the Liverpool. Yeah, it's, it's over. It's already over from almost 66 seconds on. <laughs> We're not going to beat that. I'm I just, okay, let's talk about Liverpool now. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that matter. Okay, damn it, Jack! You've re- you've ruined yeah, so, today. So, so early on, Milner scores, and Villa kind of <laughs> kind of just collapsed. But of course, it had to be flipping Milner, right? Benteke's yeah. not in, so we're like, oh, thank God, we're not going to get scored against, uh, you know, by Benteke. And of course, Milner's like, oh, don't worry, someone from Villa will screw you. Yeah, don't worry. I just moved from Man City. It, uh, God, I mean. And the way we gave it up, the fact that we had three players who may not have been playing as uh, defensive midfielders, but three players who were all central defensive midfield type, two center backs, so five people who ostensibly should have been marking, recovering, or doing something with James Milner, and he just gets free, and Jolian Lescott realizes it far too late and tries to flail and gets too much wind resistance from his forehead or something, and <laughs> just... It doesn't come anywhere near, and James Milner scores a wonder strike. James Milner does not score wonder strikes. Yeah, I'm I'm done with the Lescott experiment. Uh huh. Oh, I hell it was, yes. I thought it was a good idea. It's I mean, technically you can play, so it counts as cover. But I want Clark back in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Akora's back in training, so Lescott should be moving down to uh, four on the list right now. Yeah, I mean we have the we have the international break coming up after the next match, so maybe that's going to give Yoris some time to get back into training. I mean, I think it still still lacks some match fitness. Maybe he'll play a bit with the U twenty ones, and we'll see him. Maybe we'll see him sometime in October, though. He'll probably be just healthy enough to go play with like the Denmark U twenty one side and re-injure himself. Yeah, I mean that's standard protocol for Villa players, especially yeah. center backs. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, the Julian Lescott experiment is a dud. We that I mean, it didn't cost us too much, so it's not a huge deal. But boy, howdy, does he stink! Can he just get called up to England so he can get injured and then <laughs> come back and we won't have to feel bad about not playing him? Roy Hodgson, can you, just trust us? All you have to do is have someone hard tackle him. <laughs> just wait till they're playing uh, Republican friendly, and then you have Kieran Clark come in and break his leg. Yeah, perfect. That's all we need. It's just uh, so that first goal was needlessly stupid, and it ended up being the goal that cost us being able to get a result out of this match. Yeah, that that one and equally frustrating is 
giving up a goal a minute after you score. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's that that what would that have been the third goal of the match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, the third, third Liverpool goal of the match. Yeah, sixty-seven. Yeah, seconds after Rudy Shested scores, you just turn around with and his fall feet. Asleep. Yeah, he scores with his feet. Oh my god! It just and we somehow totally botched it and screwed it up. But this. It was a match in which neither side really looked all that good again. Liverpool looked pretty atrocious, if we're honest. Yeah, they're, they're not good. No, they aren't. They're a team that should be finishing around 11th or 12th. Yeah, but lucky for them, they ran into us at a good time. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome, Brendan Rodgers. Be but, sure to send Tim a thank you note. Yeah, I don't know if that's even what Liverpool fans want. Maybe they wanted to lose, so he'd be done. <laughs> that's why I said you're welcome, Brendan, not you're welcome, yeah, Liverpool yeah, fan. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Just, I, I don't know what to take. I, I think my single biggest frustration was Tim saw real good success with the lineup that he used in the second half against Birmingham and didn't use that same setup. He, in fact, you know, his best success came when Grealish was on, when Clark was in central defense. And so what does he do? He puts Lescott back in central defense. He makes all of the same mistakes that he did in the first half against Birmingham. And, hey, look at that. It shows the same result. Villa still suck. Yeah, I can kind of forgive him for thinking that Liverpool is going to be a different, a little bit of a different level of competition than Birmingham. But still, when you're finding something that works, why not run it out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean – you're probably doomed no matter what going to Anfield, at least oh, in yeah, theory, yeah. maybe not this year. But So why not try the thing that worked? You finally hit on something that made this team look good. You know, Jordan Ayew had his best day in a Villa kit against Birmingham, and he looked legitimately good, and he didn't even get a moment to play. We had one sub left, and Jordan Ayew was just languishing on the bench. Exactly. Just take off Leskov or, or like, take off, and I don't know, did Lescott didn't get subbed off, but no. take him off. Take him off and throw on another striker. Yeah. Throw everyone up front for the last ten minutes. Like what's what's yeah? What's, what's losing four you, two to three two? You know. Yeah. Are you really trying to protect that goal differential when you can't even draw a goddamn game? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's pretty amazing that our goal differential is actually not nuked yet, given how horrible we've been. Yeah. It really. It really could have been. It could have been a two goal differential against Liverpool. You know. or... I mean, I think that will come later when we play Chelsea. I'm Chelsea are even good, I guess. But Chelsea are almost as good as Liverpool this year. We could get like nuked by Spurs or something stupid. Then what about this weekend by Stoke? Would it shock you if we lost for nothing? Probably not. Because Stoke are garbage and need some help. So hey, here come the Aston Villa to save you. Yeah, then again, what if we just nuke Stoke? Yeah, we could absolutely, mm. and everyone feels happy mm. and safe. Unlikely. Yeah, I mean... Very unlikely. It's so bizarre this year. And and that Liverpool match really just embodied a lot of the problems that we've had with Sherwood. The substitutions were stupid. The initial setup was stupid. There was no real intent there. The defense was poorly organized. You think um, we get a draw in that match under Lambert? God. It, it just seems like he's better at getting draws, but that's because Sherwood is just... Yeah. Sherwood has two draws since he arrived at Villa. Maybe three, I think. Yeah, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But at the end of the day, he's still only picking up a point a game. Yeah. Um, so might as well draw on every time. Yeah, exactly. And and a point a match in his entire tenure at Villa and less than that in this season. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely less than you know, season, Four but. for seven. We're almost to the half point a match range. Yeah, that's that's pretty bleak. But I don't know. Then again, you get a, you get a couple wins in a row going, and it really jumps up. Yeah. I guess the problem is we've hit the point where a win does not get us back up to a point a match. No, but – and we're in a really brutal stretch, but – yeah, that's after that's that. the real worry there. Yeah, so after Villa are dead and buried, maybe they can revive themselves and pull a Leicester from last year. That's the worry. Is just that. Yeah. We we really wasted this opportunity. This start to this season was not that difficult. This was a no, place we where were... come out with twelve points. Twelve points is not asking a lot from seven matches. No, especially when what we already had the win against Burnmouth. Imagine not winning opening day. Imagine if that would have been a draw. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hell, 12 points to me, actually, now that I think about that for this team, is asking a lot. Give me nine points from the opening seven matches. Yeah, I mean, that, really, that would do it. Yeah, and, and we'd be feeling fine at this point. It just, God, it, I don't know. The, this team is perhaps more frustrating than any that we've had in years, and that includes several near-miss relegation teams because the talent is there on this club. Yeah, other years it was just, Oh, we really have to worry because we're not very good. This one, why aren't they producing? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. I think it comes down to Sherwood. You had mentioned you want to talk about the idea of the Sherwood out movement. Do you think it's gaining any steam yet? I think it's I think it's gained really a lot of steam over the last month. There are always the the haters at the beginning and even over the summer a bit, but now like like you're saying, not even a point of match. Yeah, it's I mean I want to keep defending the guy, but it's really hard to do so. It's, it is. It's it's becoming increasingly hard, and especially especially if we do end up losing to Stoke, just because the international break is right after that. I've seen some people saying, "Oh, maybe that's a good time to can him if you're going to do it." Yeah, and and try to pick something out. Do you think he gets canned if we lose to Stoke? I don't think so. Nor do I. Just because I, think- I mean, if you if you save from relegation, you buy yourself half a season. I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Or I think he's got till maybe, December. Maybe they think he can just save us from relegation again. <laughs> just tell him to stop managing for a couple of months. We'll let uh, Shea Given or someone come and take over. Yeah. Andy Marshall. Shea Given. Maybe we'll see him on the bench for Stoke this weekend. That's so weird. <laughs> maybe they'll let him start and he'll score against us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh. I mean, so, yeah, I, it's really interesting, though, because the, the counter-argument to the... Sack Sherwood is that, you know, we've changed managers so many times, we need some stability. But to that, I guess the answer is, yeah, we've changed managers a lot, and we still haven't found the right one. Uh, Yeah, I think that's definitely true. But then again, I don't know who the right one is and if we're going to be able to nab a midseason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hear Jurgen Klopp is available. Yeah, he didn't want the Mexico job, though, so I don't know what, what he thinks about the Villa job. Come on, it's beautiful. Lovely England, just as we're hitting winter. What more I mean, could a man want? He has said he wanted to go to England before in the past. <laughs> that would be just a really... Yeah, I think he wants... To Liverpool fans. Uh, yeah, I think Imagine he wants that. to go to Liverpool or to a real club. Because at this point, if you're a big-name manager, would you go to Villa at this point? No. I mean, but then again, Claudio Ranieri ends up at Leicester, so money does talk. Yeah, and Villa are, you know, despite their troubles right now, Villa are unquestionably a better destination than Leicester. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's always, you're always going to have more, like, I think the manager will get paid higher, you're going to have more to spend. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a better reputation. Yeah, exactly. There's more of a prestige around the job. If, I mean, if you can... Really, if you if you get either of them to the Europa League, you, you'll be able to get any job you want, I figure, but yep. still. Yep. So That's just because it's equal of a challenge, probably. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think the Sherwood Out movement is gaining steam, and God knows I'm teetering on the edge of it, but I, I don't think it's something we need to think about for a while. I imagine he's got probably at least until the November international break. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just tracking time in international breaks now. There's so many of them. Yeah, but okay. I mean, just because there's there's this really brutal stretch, and people worried that if you get to the end of it and you haven't won anything, then it's going to be too late. But I don't know. I mean, because the if problem this, is, if this team can't win any of those games, you major problems. Yeah, I mean, there is. It's not a strong chance, but there is a chance that Villa could go. What is this? Four months without winning, um, because yeah, they've got Stoke. And then they've got Chelsea, Swansea, Southampton, Tottenham, Man City, Everton. That stretch is very easily zero wins. Then you get to break that up with Watford, and then we start over again by going to Southampton. Right? Yeah. Uh, Or, sorry, the first Southampton I mentioned with the League Cup. My apologies. So you got Watford, which might be the next real chance at a win after Stoke. Then you got Southampton, Arsenal, and then finally Newcastle. So between now and December 19th, there are three chances for wins that you would feel any confidence about, Stoke, Watford, and Newcastle? Newcastle are atrocious. They haven't even won a match. Yeah, no, I that I feel confident about. The problem is, if that's our first win after Burnmouth, that's four months and ten days after our very first win. Yeah, you'd have to imagine we're going to be sunk at that point almost no matter what, unless we j- literally draw every one of those games. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I think there is a very realistic chance that Villa open the season after a win with four months without a win. I don't want to think that. I hope it doesn't happen. But looking at that schedule, it would not shock me. It's going to make the graphic you chose for this week's podcast very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I just... God, I don't know. There's, It's really hard to see upside right now. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I agree with you. I guess the one upside from Liverpool and in general lately has been Rudy Shested. And how yeah. do you feel about him? I mean, he got another pity goal. Now he's the top scorer for Villa with three, mm-hmm. which, whatever. It's, yeah. it's not a bad thing. but. And he's got four total, thanks to the Birmingham yeah, 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 and that was that was a quality goal. It's just I don't know. And Alex had an article that came out today: is is Sherwood building around Justed smart for this Villa squad? And again, to, to answer that, I'm not sure because he is. He, we just bought him from the Championship. He's not like Benteke, I guess. Really. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, if if some of the stuff that we've seen in the past two matches works, it's an okay plan. If Amavi can keep crossing right to Justed's head, which was the dream plan all along, then we'll be fine. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's someone's going to have a good right back, and that's not going to always work. Yeah, absolutely. But I would say that if they can click, the Amavi Justed connection is probably worth a goal every three matches, which is not a bad pace. Oh no, not for something like that. But yeah, if, I mean, it's just it's just they have to figure out how to do other things as well. Is what is what I'm talking about more is that you have to get other players involved, 
You look at Adama Traore, and he was great after coming on. Yeah, Liverpool neutralized him a little bit. It did sort of look like they were expecting him, but yeah. It, and plus, he was coming off an injury, but it's good to see him actually back on the pitch because he could bring a lot of dynamicism to the team that we're really lacking right now and some more creative attacking options. Yeah, and you got, you got to think he'll be able to have a better day out against Stoke. Yeah, absolutely. One would hope so, at least. Um, you know, bring on Jordan Ayew. Jordan Ayew showed that if you use him properly, he showed this against Birmingham City, if you use him properly, he is a very good player. Yeah. It just, he hasn't been used properly a lot. Yeah, he hasn't, um, really, hasn't really got a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Fix that defense. I mean, at this point, like you said, get rid of Julian Lescott. Put Clark back in there. Yeah, yeah. get Lescott out of there is really really all you need to do, I think, at this point. I mean, Alan Hutton's been good at right back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would be using him ahead of Bakuna right now. No questions yeah, asked. Yeah, I, I think I think Sherwood is, actually. Maybe he's, he's changed his mind about it, but I don't know. It's What's really been interesting to me is it's starting to look like Jack Grealish is getting burned out. Mm-hmm. It I mean, does he's a little bit. Played a lot of he's played a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the solution is for that? Luckily, despite the fact that he chose England, he doesn't have to play over the international break because he didn't get chosen. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of unlucky for him because what do they have? Lithuania and someone someone else, another yeah. another smaller team, Estonia. I want to say, but I'm not sure if that's right. But the next international break, it's Spain and France. So it's like, is he even going to play those games? Yeah, but this, if, then if again, he had gotten chosen this time, he would have actually had a chance to really shine, I think. Yeah, but then again, I'm I'm thinking you bench him for Stoke just because he's played so many games, but then again, if if he's not going to play for England, you could just use him and then he gets some rest over the break. Yeah, maybe use him as a super sub, start with Kiel. Yeah, yeah. If, I think... if Traore is going to be able to play 90 minutes, and that's not even guaranteed, but... Maybe start Hill and Traore and take off whichever one needs to come off for Grealish. Exactly. Yeah, you need to you need to have two of those guys on though, and and Hill really can do so much in the passing game. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think if all three of them are healthy at all times, we should see two of those three on the pitch. Yeah. At least, you know, maybe we see all three on the pitch, but I think you should always be seeing at least two of that trio. Yeah, it just, it just depends how much you can trust two of three of Carlos Sanchez, Ashley Westwood, and Idris Ghana then at that point. Yeah. Ghana sure didn't have a great match, by sure. the way, against Liverpool. He wasn't bad. No, when, first match back, you know. Yeah. It's just, I, I guess the problem is I feel like there's a lot of qualifying with this team. It's like, oh, he wasn't bad for the first match back. He wasn't bad for blah, blah, blah. And it's getting late in this season to be able to keep saying stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's what I was thinking is because I had my tactical preview that's coming out today and saying that oh maybe Sherwood doesn't know how to how to use these players yet. Well, it's October now. You you have to figure it out by now. Yeah, come come Sunday, we will be one fifth of the way through this season, basically. Like it was it was a legitimate excuse in August and September. It's like yeah, we'll give them some time. Just because yeah. there there have been a a lot of new players brought in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's October. You should know this team by now. There there really isn't much excuse at this point. So, yeah, I don't know. The The Liverpool match stunk. I, I guess we've been sort of off of the Liverpool match already. I enjoyed the question you asked on uh, Twitter today. 
Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say one thing. One thing about Grealish before yeah, sorry we get about to that. that is that if he declares for England, does that mean he's leaving us for like <laughs> ten million or something, like to Man City, or or maybe for like fifty million, like a Sterling? But I don't know. It's it's just interesting because having that homegrown player is is really worth it to big Premier League sides. Yeah, um, I mean, someone I can't. I made it might have been Adam in our uh, group chat room made the comment that, you know, the cynical side of him realizes that now whatever Grealish's price tag is, you've just tacked on 8 or $10 million to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, easily. There's no way Sterling goes for 50 if he's not English. Yeah, exactly. So Maybe 35 yeah. I'm, you know, but, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, obviously the fan side says, well, we want Grealish for the next decade. But that's probably not going to happen. So at least now we're going to get more money for him than Irish international. Exactly. And I mean, for everyone who says he's not going to do anything with England in his career because England are terrible. Well, what would he do with Ireland? Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed, I, I think it was Ellis in our chat room who said, uh, too bad he didn't have any Welsh in him because he could have played for the best team in the United Kingdom. <laughs> Too bad it, James's article wasn't real a while ago when he wrote about an American Jack Greenland. <laughs> that was hilarious. Wait, I'm sure uh, Klinsman could find some blood in there. <laughs> he could find some German blood, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's pretty good at that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think the Grealish thing was kind of interesting. And the fact that he did choose England, and obviously for commercial reasons... Um, but but also I'm sure he has a big family tied to Villa also and he is from right there so I think it's it does make sense to to play for England even if you have Kieran Clark a teammate at the club level who's also from from around there or been at Villa for a while that is Irish but I think I think really a lot of it comes down to the coaching. I did wonder that. I wondered how much because you know you've got Kieran Clark. He worked with Shea Given. He obviously worked. He liked his Irish teammate, but at the same time, he would have known that he was going to play under Roy Keane, or he was Keane not was going to play because remember when Roy Keane was here with Lambert and he was not playing. Yeah, it's true. I mean, God, if I had the option to play for Roy Hodgson or Roy Keane, it might be the only time in the world where I would say, "Let me play for Roy Hodgson." Uh, I don't know. I'd want to learn some dirty tricks, I think. And, <laughs> or it seem, I don't know. There's always a risk of him breaking your leg in training as much as anyone else's. Yeah, exactly. He he could pull a Kieran Clark on you. Yeah. Um, Where do you think Clark learned that? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, and, and Martin O'Neill. I mean. Yeah, that, I wondered about that. Was Jack doing enough then to really realize what a dick Martin O'Neill was? Because that was no, what, six I'm, years I'm ago. Sure Jack was I'm sure there still have to be people at the at the club. Yeah, that's true. Who, who said, him, you know? Yeah, you don't want to work with that guy. He'll put you on really high wages, and then you'll get crap. <laughs> I, oh God, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just so not into Villa right now. I just they well, sucked let's, all let's, the fun uh, out of football. We just got a new a new Twitter question, and we we're going to get to that as you were saying, Robert. It's from Peter Elliott at Buster Elliott three. Will we feel the warmness of happiness ever again? The answer is yes. If you find something else to fill your days with. Yeah, I just I just remember seeing in the in our group chat 
from Alex. Uh, I wonder if my Hertha fandom will ever overtake my Villa fandom. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah. Hertha's like, this is the time of the year. And I was just thinking, what, like the time of the year when Villa are crap? <laughs> it's the time of the year in which uh, it's a month. No. <laughs> it's the time of the year that when I asked the Twitter question, what worries you most about Stoke City? <laughs> DF at Darcy Finna replied that we're effing poo. And <laughs> I think that, that's, no. that's honestly what what does yeah. worry everyone about Villa right now. Yeah, we are effing poo. Um you know, we got some more serious answers here, and they're all really good, too. Like, George Templeton at Temp the Rat tells us, you know, the fact that Bojan is starting to find some form and could carve us up. And absolutely, with the defense the way it's been, if you've got an informed striker or inform anyone, they could just rip us apart and get a few goals on us. Yes, yeah, Stoke's weird, and, and I was saying this in my, in my preview as well, that they have former Barcelona players, Bojan and Ibrahim Afalai, and Zerdin Shakiri who was at... Bayern and you know and then they then they still have Peter Crouch and like I mean I guess Jonathan Walters usually plays up top for them but I don't know it's just Stoke is just weird yeah exactly there there is they're a team that if you look at that roster they they've, should they've be Stephen better Ireland. what was that they've Stephen Ireland oh my god he still exists like, yeah they should they should be better, but they're just a or just a one slot ahead of us. Just just two points actually it is. Yeah, because they finally got a win over the weekend. So at the very least, we don't have to worry about Stoke coming to Villa Park still needing a win because God knows hey, if that know, was the case, they'd get it. You know, both teams' uh, most recent win was over Bournemouth. <laughs> Good. So that's literally the only thing we have to compare these two teams with. I yeah. Um, we have someone else, Otto Octavius, PhD, at Sissy Matthew, um, says the thing that worries him most is what follows Stoke. If we don't get three points here, the going only gets tougher. And we talked about that. He's absolutely right. The stretch after this is brutal. Yeah, um, yeah, like you're saying, miserable. I mean, if – what is it, a nine-game stretch? Yeah, it's it's going to be – it's going to be absolutely rough. We're looking towards you get, I think if you get, like, six points out of that, it wouldn't be a disaster. No, absolutely. And the That's, way the real crap teams are playing this year in the Premier League, it might be enough to keep us out of the relegation zone if we just got six points more before December. Yeah, it's just you just have to just keep staying ahead of Sunderland and Newcastle. Yeah, and then just hope someone else stays at that level that you can catch up to. The problem like, is, like in the past couple of years, it's it's been kind of – it's like you have the top, and then it's just that pack right in front of the bottom three that it looks like anyone could get sucked in if they have two months of bad results. Yeah, the problem you just, is... You just have to kind of stick around with them, you know? Yeah, the problem this year, though, is there's already growing separation between that middle pack and the bottom pack. Mm-hmm. Like, I was looking at it the other day, and there's actually a gap. Yeah, there's a gap between the bottom four and what comes next. And it's like, oh, that shouldn't be happening at this point in the season. Like, you know, the fact that yes. we have four points means that the next team in 17th is two points ahead of us. Uh, you know, with a win and a loss, the best we could do is move up two places. Into exactly, yeah. It's, it's worrying, especially when you need to go in a good run of form. If, if you're getting these wins and you're not moving up the table. Yeah, exactly. And so the pack is sort of disintegrating. And it looks like 
you know, last year we had this comfort of the fact that there were about six different teams that could get relegated. So we just had to be better than three of them. This year, you know, in a normal year, I think there would probably be six or seven teams that could get relegated. But there's four this year that are just so atrociously bad that, you know, the other people may not have to worry about it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. That is the real worry. But, you know, it's really just bad because we couldn't even beat Sunderland. That's the thing. Is that's that's the match that we drew, and it really should have been a win. It's like you have to. I mean, if you can get a draw against Crystal Palace, it's never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But, but when you I throw mean, it away, yeah, just two two matches. If you can get a win against Sunderland, which should be easy, and everyone should get a win against Sunderland, and if you can hold on to that two goal lead against Leicester, that's a five point difference from where we're at now, and a swing of about three in goal differential. So suddenly Villa are in 12th or 13th. Yeah, exactly. I think at, at that point we're like, oh, let's do a two-hour podcast this week because Villa yeah. are doing good, and we're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just it's the the line between the Villa team that we have right now and a decent Villa team is just a razor-thin edge of stupidity. Yeah, it's, it's really on a knife edge. Yeah, so... I just, I don't know what we're supposed to be looking for in this team at this point. Stoke does worry me. Um, I think it's very possible that we could lose to Stoke this weekend. Yeah, even even though the match is at Villa Park, uh, mm-hmm. it's not like it's been a fortress by any stretch of the imagination lately. Nope, exactly. That's been the problem. Is and I say lately as in the entire time I've been a Villa fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lately as in the past six years. Yeah. It just, Lord. I yeah, there's there's... No reason to think playing at Villa Park makes our chances any better. Um, you know, usually you would think so, but we have a half decade of experience that says it's not the case. So, I mean, granted, I, I'd still prefer than going to the Britannia, which is never an easy place to win. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, I, I guess, it, yeah, in that sense, it's a better chance, but I don't think it's better than average. It's better than playing at Stoke, maybe. No, what do you think? It goes 30 to 35%. Yeah, something like that. It's, yeah. So I think there's a decent chance we could lose this. I think the more likely outcome is probably a boring ass draw. Yeah, something something stupid like nil nil or like one one, like I don't know. Would you take your traditional two point five over this week? Um I don't know. We've we've started scoring goals lately. Yeah, absolutely. Um and granted the the over four and a half hit. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're if you're on that you're crazy, but there you go. Yeah, I wonder what were the odds on the over four and a half in Liverpool Villa. I don't know, probably something like four to one, or probably more than that. I saw something something weird was Grealish to get over twenty caps for England was five to one, and I thought that was easy. But then again, if I mean if he could have got Lithuania and then another one, there's ten percent of the way there. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Um, you wrote your preview on Stoke a little bit. You've gone into it a little bit. Is there much more to say about this upcoming Stoke match? No, although that, I mean, I think it's just you. Sherwood has to decide if he wants to play that three-man midfield, three-man, really the central midfield, or the three attacking midfielders. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Scott Sinclair hasn't been great lately, but he's shown that he can score the goals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or if or if he's just going to revert back to the four four two and play Rudy Justed and Jordan Ayew, which 
it's it wouldn't be the first choice I have, but it wouldn't be the really the worst option, especially actually, if those two guys are are running out, out well. Yeah, I'd actually be a fan of playing Shested and IU so long as you actually use IU well and don't just punt him out to the right wing and keep him there. Yeah. Um, Either right, I, right behind Justed or alongside him, I think. Yeah, work. something along those lines. I think that could be really effective. Um, the the really frustrating thing is, as much as I'm saying it wouldn't shock me if we lose or I think a draw is the most likely outcome, in reality, we should win this match. We really should, just mostly because Stoke are 17th. They're bad. They have three draws, and they just got to win. Yeah, they're they're total rubbish. So we should be winning this match, but I have no confidence in that. Um Oh yeah, the just, last the last point I had is is it a must win for Sherwood? Like, I mean, we talked about him possibly getting the boot. I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen if we lose this match. If we if we lose four and no, though, like you were saying, maybe he's done. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't think it's must win for him keeping his job, but maybe maybe we look back on sanity. it. Yeah, maybe we look back on it as a must win. Because I think if he loses out between now and the November break, that might be it for him. Um, and this would be his one chance of stopping that, I think. Yeah, or to just pick up some momentum heading into the international break. Yeah, exactly. Although God knows what happens when we have momentum heading into the break. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's all we have. We're going to take next week off because just because Villa are so bad, but then we'll be back to recap Chelsea, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, not recap Chelsea, preview Chelsea. Preview Chelsea, sorry. Yep, so we will take an international break. Uh, where are you going to go on your international break, Jack? Um, hopefully to work. Oh, okay. That'll be fun. But, That's not much yeah. of a break, but... No, no. Oh, actually, no, actually, actually, next weekend I'm going actually back to Nebraska for the game against Wisconsin. Oh, nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. Good old American football. Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of American football lately because I, I like it. It's Sundays and whatnot. And watching the NFL makes me think that, dear God, how can anyone complain that soccer is slow? No like, kidding. I try. I tried to watch the the Sunday night game a couple weeks ago. It was Pittsburgh. No, it was uh, it was uh, Denver against somebody. Kansas City or Denver? No. I yeah. don't know. It, it was Peyton Manning, and like, and no one even even scored in the first quarter. And oh, then, Denver, Detroit, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. Denver, Detroit. God, that game was dull. I, I didn't watch any NFL up to the point I was like, because I usually try to avoid professional. I just like college, really. But oh, man, that game was bad. Yeah, no, it's. I like the NFL, so I'm not trying to take a dig at the NFL. But anyone who enjoys the NFL is not allowed to talk crap about how slow and boring soccer is, because the NFL is every bit as terrible. Yeah, and I don't know. I just don't understand why they can't put a, the sponsor on the front of a shirt and try to eliminate some commercials. Yeah, that would be nice. It's, it's very slow. Yeah, but knowing the NFL, what they would do is expand the commercials and put a sponsor on the front of the shirt. <laughs> exactly. No. This has been American Football Talk. I've been your host, Robert yeah. Lintott, with Jack Grimsey. Yeah, so so watch some uh, some American football this weekend and see if see if you can figure out what we're talking about. See if you don't fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, actually, but actually, all of our listeners uh, from the UK will have the chance to watch American football because we're exporting oh, our highest up. quality product by sending Miami Jets to London. Ooh. <laughs> oh man, dear England, 
I know that American football isn't the most exciting, but I swear to God, it's better than what you're about to see on Sunday. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it's always it's always a fun game. It's bad for the finally the people on the West Coast. Like, it's a terrible game for them. NFL fans finally know what it feels like to follow the EPL. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just an hour earlier than our normal start time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What eleven or is it noon for you on the East Coast? I'm... Uh, nine for us. Oh, nine. Uh, oh, nine or is... one an hour earlier. Sorry, than the, than the soccer start. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So England fans, go watch some Jets Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> That's a game that we'll be sending your way. How's how's that working out for you guys? <laughs> um. Yeah, but anyways, we're we're still on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio. Not sure. We didn't get any more iTunes reviews, did we? No, but please give us some. We would enjoy reading your names out on the air. Yeah, and thanks to the people who have, obviously, so far. So, anyways, we'll miss you guys next week, but we'll be back the following. And until then, we'll have all the asking for the news you need on 7500 com. So, for Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey, and we'll see you in two weeks.